everyone in this room is familiar with forgiveness. Uh, so much so you might be wondering, like, why do we even need to talk about forgiveness? Some of you might be feeling like, I grew up in the church. I've been a Christian for a long time. I, I get the forgiveness thing. I understand, like, when you mess up, I'm supposed to say, I'm sorry, and move on for our lives. Um, and I understand that it's a Christian thing to do. It's the church thing to do. But it is also one of the hardest things we get to do. Forgiveness and seeking um, peace with other people is one of the hardest things that we must do. Uh, but it's also one of the most beautiful things that we get to do. This week, I, I uh, while well, kind of prepping for this, I was, I was sitting and reading through a bunch of different stories about forgiveness and different stories from different men and women of different faiths about how they just had horrible things happen to them and they found um, the strength to forgive someone. I was also sitting down and watching videos of people forgiving people in court. Um, you might have seen some of these videos. It's people, like family members who have had you know, their, their brothers, their sister, sons and daughters taken away from them from someone, and then the family members standing in front of this person saying, I forgive you for the pain you've caused me and my family. Um, and I was struck with how powerful these stories were. And so uh, I went to read the comments in the videos, in which most people know you don't read the YouTube comments if you want to <laughs> uh, live a good life. But... Um, <laughs> But some of the comments from the various videos I watched like stood out to me, and so here are some of the comments here. One comment said, I have no idea how he can be so forgiving, but bless him in the kindness he has in his heart. Another comment read, although I don't ever see myself being as forgiving as this man, at the very least, he's setting an example to all of us to be better human beings. Another comment read, she is so brave, I could never do that. And there's so many comments, like, it was just, like, hundreds of comments of saying these things about how much, man, forgiveness is so hard. I wish I could do that. Um, and really, it's just this, I, I was just overwhelmed with this feeling of reconciling with people in a broken world feels impossible. And I am reminded that forgiveness is uncommon. I mean, we, and we live in a world where forgiveness is countercultural. We live in a world we want, we want to see hot takes on things. We, want to see, we, want, we live in a world where we want to see people get what they deserve. We want to see the clapbacks. And forgiveness is something that is always so strange. And we as a people, as a culture, struggle with forgiveness. We love the idea of living peaceably with someone. We love the idea of going to someone saying, like, I forgive you, but we have a hard time doing that. And so this morning, I want us to seek together in Scripture and feel encouraged and empowered to forgive our friends, our families, our enemies, and everyone in between. Today, we'll be in a couple different passages, but we'll be grounded in Ephesians 4.32. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 4.32. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We have some awesome guys passing out Bibles. If you have a blue Bible, what, what page number is Ephesians 4.32 on? Four thirty-two. 
Ephesians 4.32. If you're there, what page number is in the Blue Bibles? Five, what? 568. 568 is where Ephesians 4.32 is. So, Read along with me. It's one verse. All right. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. I, I'm reading out of a different version, so it might sound a little bit different than what's in the Blue Bible. But I'm going to read that again because this passage is so short, it's so succinct that you might miss this. All right. Ephesians 4.32. And be kind and compassionate to one another, Forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. So the big picture, the main point today that I want everyone in this room to get is that we are forgiven. We are forgiven, so go forgive. We are forgiven, so go forgive. The first thing I'm going to focus on is that we are forgiven. And I want to start off by reminding everyone in this room is that if you believe in Jesus, you have been forgiven by God, period. God himself did the hard work of forgiving his enemies, and we worship a God who forgives and cares deeply for his people. While you were a sinner and did not know God, he forgave you. When we mess up and sin, he forgave you. When you go out of church and you go and you mess up today, he already forgave you. When you sin tomorrow, God will forgive you. HSM, you are loved, you are chosen, and you have been forgiven by God. And that's just not me saying that. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament testify to the forgiveness of God. So I'm going to read a couple passages from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, so just... As I read this, just reflect on what, what, the, what the Lord is saying. So in Psalm 103, 8 through 12, it says this. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love towards those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. In Isaiah 44, it says this, Remember these things, Jacob and Israel, for you are my servant. I formed you. You are my servant, Israel. You will never be forgotten by me. I have swept away your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. So that's from the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, in Hebrews, it says this, Hebrews 8, and each person will not teach his fellow citizen and each his brother or sister saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least to the greatest of these. For I will for forget their wrongdoing and I will never again remember their sins. So we see a God reflected in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that is forgiving. He forgives sins. Are there sins in your life that you believe that God has not forgiven of you? Are there areas in your life that you believe that God has not or could not forgive? And I want to remind you that 
God has forgiven you of that sin, of those sins, of those areas in your life that you feel that might not be forgivable. HSM, you need to see yourself as God sees you. HSM, you need to see and remember that you are loved and that you are forgiven. You need to remember that as far as the east is from the west, he has removed your transgressions. And if you're wondering, that is an infinite amount of distance. Rest in the knowledge and understand in the understanding that God has completely and totally forgiven you. It's not like when God forgives that he holds something back, that when you do mess up, he says that, well, they messed up, it's conditional, so I'm going to take this forgiveness away. No, God has completely forgiven you because of the work that Jesus has done. Our debt to him was canceled. And that's really what the idea of forgiveness is, is that your debt has been canceled. What you owe to God has been canceled. And that original phrase was referring to the idea that your debt and my debt was canceled by God. And there's so many religions and belief systems that really you can't be confident about where you stand with God. I remember attending a funeral for, for my grandpa, and he wasn't a Christian. He was a Buddhist. And I remember um, there's a part of the funeral where they just they burn these things, these, these paper. Uh, um, basically, they look like things that we have on earth. So he had like a water heater. <laughs> he had a rice cooker. He had a car. He had money. And so they would burn all these things because they just weren't confident that he did enough, that he wasn't forgiven enough to, to be happy in heaven. But really, we worship a God where we can be confident that God has forgiven you. God went to you and made peace with you. God came to you when you did not love him, when you did not know him, and he made peace with you. And this is so basic, but so crucial. Because if we are going to be peacemakers, if we are going to be people that are marked by forgiveness and reconciliation and people that love other people, we need to understand that God loved us and that God forgave us and that God reconciled with us. Because God is our ultimate example in what it looks like to forgive. And God shows us how to make peace. So the whole of Scripture reminds us constantly and continually that God has forgiven you and will continue to forgive you. And so then how should we respond? We go forgive others. God has forgiven us, so go forgive others. Romans 12, 16 through 19 says this. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. And the Apostle Paul wrote, wrote Romans. Um, and he's at calling Christians to live at peace with everyone as it depends on you. And the reality is you're not going to be able to live at peace with everybody. But as so much as it depends on you, live peaceably with other people. He's calling us to be 
peacemakers. He's calling us to, to trust in the Lord and what is he, he is doing in your life. Something about that I was reflecting on this week was that forgiveness and reconciling with someone is that it's not merely putting up with someone. You know, you know what I mean? It's not, mer- not merely bearing with someone, which is, is a beautiful thing that you're able to be patient and bear with, with, with someone that is really hard. And we all have someone that's really hard in our lives, right? Like, you probably have someone popping in your mind right now that's like, I have a hard time with this person that I, I have to be patient with. If you don't, you're probably that person. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but really, it is a beautiful thing that we can be patient and bear with another person. But I believe what Scripture says and what God also calls us to go even further is, and even to reconcile with people that hurt you, to forgive people that hurt you, to cancel the debt of people that hurt you. And forgiveness is costly. It is hard. I'm not discounting the fact that forgiveness is hard. I mean, Jesus forgave us, but it cost him his life. Forgiveness should be hard. It costs us deeply. Forgiveness costs us deeply because we are saying to the other person that, is, that you owe me nothing. It is hard because we have to extend kindness and love and compassion to someone who has deeply hurt us, and we feel like they don't deserve it. Forgiveness is hard because we need to trust that God is just, that God knows what's happening and God knows what's best, and that God will make things right. Going back to what Romans 12 says, we shouldn't be enacting punishment on other people. It is for God to ultimately judge and make things right. And that is hard because we give up control. We are telling God, you be God. I've been reading through Jonah, um, and as we talk about forgiveness and peacemaking, reconciliation, I'm just reminded about how uh, weird Jonah is. <laughs> um, if, you, if you haven't read Jonah before, it is a story of this guy, this prophet of God, who God calls him to go repent to the city of Nineveh, and then Jonah says, no, walks away and disobeys God, and then he gets eaten by a fish and then eventually makes it to Nineveh, and then God forgives Nineveh. Um, but as I'm reading through, reading through Jonah, and I've read Jonah a bunch of times, and, and recently I've just been reading about how much this guy, he just doesn't really want God to forgive. In Jonah 3, it says this, and this is 3.5, Then the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and dressed in sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. God saw their actions and that they had turned from their evil ways, so God relented from the disaster he had threatened them with, and he did not do it. Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. He prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, isn't this what I said while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled towards Tarshish in the first place. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and one who from relents from sending disaster. 
And now, Lord, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And you have a prophet of God whose job was to be the mouthpiece of God, whose job was to proclaim that God is coming. And he was complaining that God would forgive the people of Nineveh. He was complaining that God is too gracious. He's proclaiming that God is too forgiving. He's complaining that God loves too much. And, God w- and Jonah was ticked off at God for being a, such a forgiving God. It absolutely disgusted Jonah that he would ever forgive a nation like Nineveh, that he would ever forgive his enemies. And, I, and really, as I'm reading through Jonah, I see myself in that sometimes. And the reality is, is that when you don't forgive when you don't reconcile with other people, and when you don't seek peace and kindness for other people, that you are like Jonah here. You are saying that the person who is asking, who is asking for forgiveness doesn't need it. You are asking and you are saying that you really you know better than God. That your sense of justice is higher than God's. That your sense of mercy and grace is better than God's. And HSM, that is a scary place to be. It is a scary place to be that if your hearts are so hardened and your hearts are so bitter against forgiving someone, um, that's scary. It is scary that there are people that God, would for, that God would forgive that you could not forgive. God has forgiven you of much, so you can forgive. God has forgiven you of much so that you can seek to live in peace with other people. And when you forgive someone, it does not mean that you're excusing the behavior. After all, a relationship was damaged. You were hurt. But when someone asks forgiveness, they are acknowledging that they did hurt you. When someone asks for forgiveness, they are trying to make things right between you two. And they want to make the relationship right again. They want to start having that relationship heal. And forgiveness is not just for the other person, but it's also for us. It allows relationships to begin reconciliation. And we can forgive because of Jesus' work on the cross 2,000 plus years ago. We're going to celebrate that on Sunday. On Easter Sunday, when Jesus rose from the dead, proclaimed he was greater than death. And the work of forgiveness was accomplished. And now we can freely forgive those who sin against us. We can forgive people who hurt us. Growing up, I was teased a lot for being Asian. Um, I was one of the few Asian kids in my school. I was one of the few Asian kids in my church. I was one of the few Asian kids uh, in my community, in my neighborhood. Um, Got uh, a lot of jokes thrown my way. Got called a lot of names. And over time, to cope with it, I started making those same jokes about myself. I 
basically had the thought of like, well, if I made the jokes by myself, no one can really hurt me, which is not true. Um, I was hurting, and I eventually started hating the fact that God made me Asian. Um, and there were, were days where I asked God why. And really, I look back on that, and, um, you know, I think there were moments where it was just painful to go through jokes and teasing. And over time, uh, it wears at you. I hurt for a long time, and it took years of God working on my heart and healing me that holding that fact that, like, close friends would be making awful jokes about me. Um, it took years of God working on my heart to heal me. And years after high school, rec I reconnected with one of those friends, and we were hanging out. He made an Asian joke. It was awkward. <laughs> I kind of laughed. He kind of laughed. And then later that day, he came to me and apologized for that joke. And, every, every, and everything he ever, he ever said to me while we were growing up. And I forgave him. And it would have been so easy for me to bring up the fact that there was so much pain that that caused me. Um, and there was, a part, there was a part of my heart deep down that I just wanted to deflect it and say, like, no, we're good, man. No, we're fine. I, I, I'm over it. There was a part of me that wanted to pretend it didn't happen. And I could have held that against him. But he needed to repent, and I needed to forgive. He needed to make things right between us, and I needed to accept it. And friends, that is only because of the Spirit of God that lives in me. That is only because of the hard work and the reflection that God has forgiven me of much so that I can forgive much. And that's just one time of countless times Endless times where I, I've, had, I've had to forgive people for the ways that they've wronged me. And there are countless times where I have had to ask for forgiveness from my friends and my family. In Matthew 18, 22, Jesus tells his disciples and us that there is no limit to how many times you forgive someone. Peter asked Jesus, Lord, how many times must I forgive my, my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? And Jesus replies, I tell you, not as many as seven, but 70 times seven. And Jesus isn't giving us an out here. Um, he's not quantifying that you can stop forgiving someone when you hit 490 times. <laughs> really, the heart of what Jesus is getting at is that we need to forgive someone without keeping count. We can freely forgive because of what Jesus has done. And when you forgive and when you become a peacemaker, and when you reconcile with other people, you honor God. You show God through your actions by saying that you hurt me, but I'm willing to, to make this right between us. So, HSM, who do you need to forgive today? As we close, I want you to invite you guys to do this with me. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. And as you sit there with your eyes closed, who is one person that you need to forgive? Who is one person 
um, that has hurt you and that you've just been holding on to that for so long. Or who is that one person that you need to ask for forgiveness yourself? Who is one person that you have wronged and you need to make things right? Who is the one person that you need to cancel their debt? He just said, when you forgive, you reflect the character of God. You become a peacemaker and you reveal to the rest of the world that you are a child of God when you forgive. You have been forgiven, so go forgive. So, Father, that is our prayer. May we be reminded, may we fight to believe that we have been forgiven. May our hearts be softened who forgive. May we seek to live peaceably with our friends and our family and our enemies. God, we love you. We thank you for the work that you have done in our hearts and are continuing to do for us. And we thank you for being a God who is always forgiving. And may we seek peacefully, may we seek to live peacefully with our friends, families, and our enemies. In your son's name, amen.